Welcome to the Everton Aren't We podcast, sponsored by Manscaped. Um, Manchester United 2, Everton 0 at Old Trafford this afternoon. And um, it was a very disappointing performance from Everton. Um, I think Manchester United overall just had too much quality all up and down the pitch. But there were several things we could have done just to make our life a little bit easier that I felt like we didn't do. Um but first I'll touch on the, the penalty shout which was in the first 20 minutes there so uh, Harry Maguire seems to have pulled down Damari Gray and he's you know he's got his arms around him in the penalty area um, I don't think it was a penalty but I could see some people saying why it would be a penalty um, listen the referee's not going to give us that is he at Old Trafford let's be honest um, but again that was the story of the game because there was a couple of incidents that I thought the referee should have acted on and he didn't, so we'll get to them later on. Um, in the first 20, well, 20 or 30 minutes, Manchester United had a lot of the ball and there was an, an awful lot of long balls over the top as well. Um, we For some reason, we were playing a really high line, which doesn't suit us at all because we don't have the players to do that. Uh, the only one in the back four that's got a bit of pace about him is Godfrey, and unfortunately, all the pace in the world cannot, you know, make up for the lack of awareness that you've got going in behind you. So, those th- long balls over the top, diagonal, were always, always aimed at Godfrey, and every single time Anthony was in, and Godfrey just couldn't deal with them. Um, there was a couple going over to Rashford as well. Uh, Keane and Tarkowski, again, just didn't have the pace to cope with that and Rashford was onside every single time. Uh, Pickford made some fantastic saves in the first half and, and and some in the second half as well. And For me, he was, he was the man of the match because that just shows you why he's England's number one. He made some crucial, crucial saves there and it, without him, it could have easily been about 5-0 in the first half. Um. At that point, 27 minutes in, they had already had four or five 1v1s versus Pickford. And it just shows you how vital he actually is to the team. And unfortunately, the high ball, the high line just killed us in the first half. It really, really did. We always seem to struggle against Old Trafford, at Old Trafford, sorry, uh, on nice bigger pitch because we just don't have the players to deal with it. Um, we don't have the pace, you know, and, and we certainly can't play. Uh, you know, open play because we just we just struggle with it so much. So we used to, you know, Goodison being such a tight pitch, making it compact, making it difficult. You know, giving players limited time on the ball where we can just smash into them and you know go that blood and thunder type football. We can do that on a small pitch, but we can't at a big pitch like like Old Trafford there. And honestly, it makes me worry for Bramley Moore because. Bramley Moore, <laughs> I'm just hoping now we can just make the pitch the same size as Goodison because I'm I'm dreading playing on a big pitch and just getting battered every week at home. We can't play a high line and, and it was too open and I'll come on to the midfield in a second. But um you know, Godfrey and Tarkowski and Keane, the, you know, the the very average players and this was the game that just exposed our whole squad essentially. Um, you know, it just it just lets you know that's how poor our squad is with the likes of, you know, coming up against quality in nearly every single position for the Manchester United team. And man for man, they just, pound for pound, they were just an awful lot better talent-wise. Um, Tarkowski and Keane. Tarkowski, again, was, I mean, 
he was good. He was all, he was the better of our defenders, but that's not saying much in a game where they just absolutely battered us. In the first half, I think they had 20 shots. And as I say, if it wasn't for Pickford, it would have been a hell of a lot more. Um, the midfield, this is what frustrated me the most because McNeil, we know how good he is like defensively, but again, on such a big pitch like that, and we're trying to push up, and they hit that long ball. Godfrey can sprint backwards, but McNeil is out of sight. Like there's no way he's gonna get back in time. Um, so again, the the game just didn't suit him, and and he he just didn't have the anyone in the box to aim for really because we we were playing and just trying to hit long balls uh, to Sims and Gray, and you know Damari Gray he was he was playing up front in a four four two. And I'm just not sure why we just didn't throw Iwobi in the centre, put Gray out wide uh, and stick with the five in midfield because we desperately missed the Corey's energy. And I know we've touched on the podcast before saying how about, you know, he's, he's literally all shins the Corey, but his energy is unmatched in that midfield. And he, and he plays sometimes, you know, one or two or maybe even three players positions. Sometimes he's covering for you know, Onana and Gay and sometimes going up front as well. So definitely, definitely missed him. Uh, I thought the four four two was the wrong way to set up, the wrong approach. Um, Onana and Adrissa Gay were just abysmal. Um, they were just getting overrun pretty easily as well. Just the midfield was just getting swamped and they couldn't do much about it. Uh, Adrissa Gay was trying to just, you know do his defensive bit but he, he couldn't do much going forwards and um you know he caught himself into trouble a couple of times you know back on by our penalty area there in the corner flag but Amadou Onana again another kind of invisible performance for him he was trying to play passes to McNeil and Sims and if they didn't come up you know he'd, he'd look up in frustration as if it was the other player he could have done better composure wise he needs to learn a bit of composure um but his energy for me, he's, he's not putting enough energy about the field. He's, I know he's he's big and, and everything, and he's he's played literally every game this season or most of them. Um, and I just don't think he has the energy to be playing every single game like that. Again, it's no fault of our own. Again, it just shows you how poor the squad is and the the lack of depth that we've got. You know, um, personally, I felt like James Garner should have started the game instead of Sims. Because I think Sims, you know, we've seen him, the impact he had against Chelsea as a late substitute. Um, I, I'm not going to put too much on him. It's not his fault. Uh, but, you know, just didn't have much to deal with. We were just kept throwing the ball up to him and, and the long ball and he was just getting done. But, again, you know, back to the midfield, there was nothing. They couldn't hold on to the ball. They were getting overran pretty easily. The passing was incredibly sloppy. Um and just a really, really poor performance from everyone in general. Uh, Iwobi was trying to do his bit with Coleman on that right-hand side, but this is a, a game that really highlighted Iwobi's lack of pace for me because he was trying to drive us up the field and he would he would have two or three yards on another Manchester United player, but they'd soon catch up to him with the ball. Um, so he, he hasn't got the pace, and then when he's running full pelt, he hasn't got the control to pick out a pass either. He's good at crossing when he's standing with the ball, but when he's trying to run, he's he's going to lose the ball every single time. Um, yeah, just a really, really poor performance. And we ended the game there with 
Manchester United having 29 shots. Bearing in mind, we had 15, but they weren't really competent efforts, in my opinion. They weren't really big chances. Um, yeah, we just struggled, really, really struggled there. Wambasaka could have scored one in the first half as well, and, and at that point it could have been four or five. Uh, Mikalenko came on at half-time and Dice dragged Godfrey off, and I'm not surprised after that first half-performance that was abysmal. Um, Mikalenko came on and, and he'd done a bit better than Godfrey, I must admit, but at that point it, it wasn't saying much, really. Um, and then in the second half we've seen... Um, James Garner and Tom Davis coming on for Amadou Anana and Idrissa Gay, who just looked absolutely ran ragged and tired. I think um, Onana had a little injury as well. We'll have to check on that one. But um, Garner came on and Davis came on, and, and I thought they'd done okay. You know, they brought a little bit of rejuvenated energy to the midfield, much needed as well, but still just lacking quality. Um, James Garner, you can tell he was asking for the ball, he was trying to make things happen, but. It was just too much at that point um, and it was too much for him to do because nobody else was really giving him anything to work with, essentially. Um, Tom Davis, again, put himself about, you know, got himself into a couple of tackles, which was nice to see. He's not afraid of that. Um, We had a couple of corners and a couple of set pieces and every single one of them was just wasted. And usually this has been our strength this season, under Dice anyway. Um, You know, we've been really clinical and Tarkowski's been on the end of some fantastic crosses but yeah all of the corners and uh, free kicks they were just kind of wasted and it was very disappointing to see if we were going to get something out of the game it would have been from that but again we just couldn't do anything with it Um, and then Mope came on for Sims which is you know completely different player uh, you know in, in terms of player profiles and Mope kind of put himself about a little bit but again just severely lacking in quality just again just it just boggles the mind that we signed him it's just a baffling sign in that one but anyway um and then they scored their second one there Sabita uh, the ball there was a long ball to Sabita and Coleman he actually reads it and intercepts the ball but unfortunately he just couldn't trap it properly and it runs under his foot Sabita picks it up and gives it to Martial for a tap in and I have to say, I absolutely hate Martial. He's just, he's a curse against us. He just scores every single time. I think he only had three goals all season. And, you know, of course, it's Everton, isn't it? So, uh, that was that then. Game over at that point, 2-0. Uh, game set match. And then, 86-minute Coleman actually went off for Patterson. Um, which, I, I hope it's not too serious for Coleman. Because he has been tremendous this season. It, it, if anything, he's been one of our players of the season. Um, Patterson came on, again, brought an, another bit of energy. That was actually his first game on the dice for Patterson. So hopefully he can stay fit if if Coleman is going to go missing now for a couple of games with injury. Hopefully Patterson can get a good run in the team there and bring some much-needed uh, pace on that side there. Um, but yeah, an, another disappointing away performance. Now, a lot of people are going to say, well... It was suicide trying to play the high line and trying to play as open and as, as expansive as we did. Well, yes, it was. But at the same time, even if we'd have played deep, sitting deep and trying to defend and keep Manchester United out, I still feel like they'd have got through anyway. They'd just got a sheer amount of talent and just too much quality for us to deal with. So 
even if we'd have, you know, packed the six yard box full of bodies and, and tried to defend, they'd have gotten through anyway. Um, so I, I wasn't looking forward to getting anything from the game. I didn't feel like we would. I said, if we could get a point from this game, it would have been an, an excellent result. But yeah, unfortunately, we couldn't. Um, that's two clean sheets in our last 32 away games there now, which is really, really disappointing. Um, we we have to turn that around. You know, we have to get a few points on the road now before the end of the season because otherwise we're going to be in big, big trouble. We can't just rely on Goodison. Um, there was an incident in the game there where McTominay, he fouled Coleman and as Coleman's going down, he kicks him and he kicks him again once he's on the floor. And I just thought that's that's a yellow card easily. But obviously, Michael Oliver deemed it not to be a yellow card for whatever reason. Blatant, blatant foul, if you ask me. And for whatever reason, he just doesn't get booked. But again, it's the shirt and the badge, isn't it? Um, so yeah, just overall, a, a really disappointing performance uh, from the team. The way we set up, the quality of the players, the, the depth of the squad. It all just comes home to roost now, you know, seven years of of mismanagement and that's the type of stuff that we're doing there because you know we're having to rely on Mopai and Davis off the bench with all due respect to them um so yeah it was always going to be a tough one uh the expected goals I think Manchester United had 3.5 and in the first half they had 2.6 uh, I'm not a big expected goals kind of guy but apparently that was the highest expected goals in the first half in any game this season um so yeah, they, they they battered us essentially and as I said, just too much quality there. Um so it's gonna be a nervy final eight games for us now. Um it really, really is gonna to be tough and I feel like we have to win our games at Gullison. We've got Fulham up next at home. So we have to get something out of that. Mitrovic is still gonna be banned, remember, and I think Marco Silva is also gonna be banned on a touchline. So hopefully we can do something there and get a few points there. We have to win. Um, and then we've got Palace away, which is again, it's going to be a difficult game. And and obviously they've just got the new manager in Roy Hodgson. Well, they say new manager. He's he's an old manager, isn't he? But he's uh, he's been there about seven times. You can't really call him a new manager. Um, but again, it's going to be tough. We need few, we need points on the road. We can't just rely on Goodison here. So that'll be a tough one. And then Newcastle at home. And obviously Newcastle have been flying this season. That again is going to be tough. Um, it's going to be a good reception for Gordon if he plays, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> we, and then we've got Leicester away after that. And that again, it's, a, it's another tough one. It's somewhere that we always... It's a mixed bag, isn't it? We seem to do well sometimes and then other times we just get battered. So we just don't know what to expect. So Leicester, the, the mess that they're in at the moment, we need points there big time. So yeah, that's Leicester away there. And then obviously after that, um, we've got... Brighton away, so that's two away games on the bounce there. Um, you can't afford to not pick up points there because that's two away games. If we get beat there, it's game over. I feel because other other teams around us will pick up points. You can't afford two losses on the bounce at this stage. So after that, it's Manchester City especially as well, and then Wolves and Bournemouth. I I very much hope that we're not leaving it till Bournemouth. At the end of the season, that would be terrifying. Um, I can't deal with another one of those games like Palace. Um, so yeah, we we need points, and at this point, it's just a case of do not lose, in my opinion, because other teams will pick up points now. Where we've played thirty games now, 
other teams around us have played 29 West Ham have played 28 so they, they've all got a game on us now um, so yeah we, we are we are smack bang in trouble but again just another all round poor performance today um, you just feel like you know the quality was just a huge huge golf in quality and and the bench as well you know you look at Manchester United's bench there they had Martial to bring on Fred you know Christian Eriksen Weghorst you know and, and they still had Varane sitting on the bench as well um, and who are we bringing off the bench you know Mikalenko, Davis Mopai it's not good enough you know seven years into an ownership and this is what we're bringing off the bench at Old Trafford but yeah just overall really poor from everyone in the squad um, and yeah I just felt like we were never going to get anything out of that today but on to the next one and um, yeah, we'll catch you in the next one, Everton, aren't we? Right, lads. I just want to bend your ear for a wee second here. Do you remember a certain Turkish centre forward that played for Everton? Remember the training photos through the week you would see, and it was just like hair and scalp, and people used to be like, "Jesus, look at that!" Well, they see your three-pronged attack. See if you don't look after it. That's basically what it looks like. Not very nice. (laughs) But um, that's why over at Manscaped, we have the performance package. Now, guys, this is the real deal. I'm not even joking. This thing just can get in everywhere. It really, really can. And it does not leave chafing. Have you ever messed about and used hair removal cream or you've used a premium razor thinking this will be great? And then it feels like you get sandpaper on the inside of your thighs and elsewhere for the rest of the week. Well, this thing eliminates that. I'm not even joking. It feels so smooth after the cut. And even on the grow back, it does not wreck you. Um, I've also got the Crop Reviver, which can give your balls basically a fantastic boost. And as you walk around all day, it's it feels great. That's the best way to put it. Um, also, the crop preserver straight after a cut and I tell you it just feels good settles everything down and just gives you that musky man smell you know so you can just feel confident beating around all day with your nice shaven Tommy Gravis and Lee Carsley combo so guys if you order from Manscaped you can use our code EAW20 and you can get 20% off your order and free postage worldwide so please once again listen in if you'd like to support the podcast Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening to the Everton Army podcast. If you like what you've heard, then please share it with your blue friends and family. And don't forget to rate, subscribe and review the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It really does help us out as we build this thing up. You can always catch us on Twitter by searching for at EAW podcast. And if you have anything else you'd like to discuss, you can reach us via email at EAWpodcast at gmail.com.